Welcome to the Capacito Conversation Podcast, hosted by the Center for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusive Excellence at Azusa Pacific University. My name is Dr. Richard S. Martinez, and I am the Executive Director of the Center for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusive Excellence, and I'll be hosting this podcast. Our Cafecito Conversation is an opportunity to talk to our members of the community about diversity, equity, and inclusion here at Azusa Pacific University. Please join me in our conversation today. Welcome, and this is a joy to be in our Cafecito Coffee House. This is the beginning of a series of Cafecito Conversations. In Spanish, Cafecito means a little coffee. So not only is it literally a little coffee, but it's a time to have a coffee with somebody, a coffee time. And so today we're joined by Joshua Canada. Joshua, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, uh, good to be here. You know, first off, Joshua, I really miss just seeing you and sitting down with you like old times to have a coffee. Uh, we, we look forward to those real times in the future together, but thank you for taking time on Zoom to be with me today. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I think everyone is missing the being in physical presence with each other. And as uh, much as we could try for Zoom, it, it doesn't completely uh, make up for that part of not being in person. There you go. Well, so coffee house time, my little cafecito uh, thought of the day is I wanted to share with you that I've been reading along with Mika, uh, the book by Ibram X. Kendi, it's called How to Be an Anti-Racist. And so I really just wanted to pick your brains with uh, some of his thoughts on being an anti-racist. And it's, um, in fact, his definition of being an anti-racist is one who is supporting an anti-racist policy through their actions, or expressing an anti-racist idea. So basically, in his book, he's saying that sometimes people do things that aren't uh, not only socially acceptable or politically correct, but that are really racist. Right. And the pushback is, hey, wait a minute. I didn't mean it. I'm not a racist. Right. Well, Ibram um, X. Kendi would say, just don't stop there. So what are you doing? in your life or in APU life, in Christian life, what are you doing that is showing that you're an anti-racist? What do your actions look like? Right. And so I just wanted to pick your brains today. What are your initial thoughts on uh, being an anti-racist, especially uh, in Christian higher ed? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I value it. I think that it's important for us to us all to acknowledge that there's not there's not neutral space out there. Um, I mean, you can think about it. Uh, growing growing up playing sports, playing sports as an adult, like I can't just sit on the field or on a soccer pitch and think that nothing is going on around me. There's action happening. You have to identify that action. I think that too often we think, oh, we can just be neutral, and then we're not having any impact. But society, the world is going on around us and we're passively just standing there we're kind of allowing it to happen tacitly um you know um kendy's uh definition there and how he talks about it also reminds me uh what beverly tatum has said uh, a long time ago and her conceptualizations of racism and, and thinking about this idea of the, the moving sidewalk right so the cycle of the racism is this, this cycle the sidewalk and society that is 
working against us. And it's not, you can't just stand on that sidewalk. You're going to be moving backwards. You're going to be impacted <laughs> because the culture is imbued with, with racism. The sidewalk is moving that way. Uh, and even more so, you have to be moving in a, in a speed and a trajectory that is more so than the to be active and you have to know like what am I doing how am I going and how am I going in a way that that is counteracting these societal uh, societal influences uh, so, so I, I broadly with Kendi right and then I think specifically with that that idea of like walking at a pace that is greater than the pace of the moving sidewalk is really important um, in my mind I think about Christian higher ed um, you know, one of the, I, I, we, we like to talk about how relational our communities are and how important it is to be known. And I think one of the pieces there is that we are sometimes averse to having conflicts with one another and um, averse to, I think, speaking kind of truths of experiences um, and things that feel like they would be um, uh, cause dissension, if you will. So right. one of those is race. And I think, the, the, the typical way we kind of go about things is to kind of think, oh, well, race doesn't really matter. Racism, uh, it, it matters, but I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to talk about it. I want to treat people equally. Kind of, again, this colorblind perspective. And I think it behooves us to not have that. <laughs> I think we need to <laughs> acknowledge the reality of racism and the lived experiences, the systematic realities that impact our students, impact our staff and faculty of color, um, whether that is their treatment and whether it whether in K-12 uh, education, whether it is um, housing, like all of that is brought to the uh, university setting. And then even thinking about what are our experiences of our students, what are the experiences of our black faculty staff, Latinx faculty staff, Asian American, uh, others of color. Um, yeah, and so, so I think we have to take, go away from this kind of colorblind, let's just appreciate the fact that we're all here and this diversity perspective and say, how are we trying to understand and then act in a way that is opposed to the racism that even exists um, yeah. in our community? And I, um, I hesitate in some ways to kind of think of, oh, here are the, these specific big things that we can do, because I think some of them are contextual. I think yeah. some of them are like in, in our sphere of influence. Um, there's this idea that you can't always change the world, but you can change the six feet around you. So in our departments, in our yeah. divisions, uh, what are we doing? So for me in, in class, how am I working with professors to make the classroom uh, a more culturally responsive and representative place where there are gaps maybe in representation of faculty in certain disciplines? What are we doing both now, but also thinking about the future to address that? Um, how do we how do we validate and and not in a way that is placating, but in a way that is honest and true uh, when students of color in particular bring up issues that happen in the classroom? There you go. Like we need to to, to be anti-racist is to fully believe that and, yeah. and deal with whatever that issue is. Thank you. Uh, and again, so I think that manifests differently on different parts of our campus. Um, so that's my hesitation of like. This is the universal response. Um, but I think the, I, what is universal is we need to have the consciousness of it and then we need to be acting in our spaces and in our six feet of influence, if you will. Thank you, Joshua. Gotcha. So I'm gonna expand on that by a little bit of a question, a, a bridge yeah. to your thoughts there. So uh, you, you mentioned the distinct difference between passivity 
being passive right. and being active. And that to be an anti-racist then, through your words and also Kendi's work, is actually taking action and being uh, having positive intention to take right. anti-racist actions and influence those in our own lives and in our organizations. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and I know you were a little cautious about giving specifics, so I, so I value that too. Uh, what might be some just initial thoughts, maybe it's an internal uh, recommendation for other ambassadors, to go from sitting on the bench, you back to the sports metaphor, to yeah. sitting on the bench to actively being part of the game. Right. Because in our socio-political dynamic right now, uh, we do have uh, even people within our Christian circles that say, hey, wait a minute. Um, I'm not so sure that there's systemic racism in our nation. Right. And I have heard that oh, in yeah. the whole yeah. context, right? So what might help us to all collectively get into that? Uh, I don't want to just call it a game, but, but action that is anti-racist individually right. and uh, organizationally. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think this is broad, but I will, I will name that in some ways, this is very much speaking to, to white people. Um, I think that this, this, this spring, right. The spring has brought up a lot of realities about race and specifically about, um, uh, about being black in the United States, but also pieces with, with Latinx community, Asian American community, um, intersecting with COVID, right? And, and I think that there is a necessity for white people to, um, even though it may not feel like an action, I, I think to hear and listen fully to, yes, the experiences, but also the data that is out there. I, I think one of the ways in which people kind of remain passive or resistant is they, they find data or people who will affirm their confirmation bias about what they already believe. Um, so, so not wanting to kind of change and realize that there are um, other experiences of, um, of life, of the Christian faith even, uh, that people of color have. I think that in some ways it's this first step in action to acknowledge that, read that, and, and, and be influenced by it. And not just look for, again, this, this kind of data, these people who are affirming or confirming what you already think and believe about about race or the lack of uh, systemic racism uh, uh, being effective. I, I think the other piece is to critically, in our own context at APU, critically look at um, your department and your division and what's happened and um, results and implications. So again, we're thinking of students and we see students who are um, identifying uh, APU is a place where they feel a psychological sense of community. Well, our, our Latinx students and our black students, especially males, don't rate that very high. It's about half of them that do and half of them that don't. And for what they don't feel that, right? So that's a, that's a cultural systemic issue that we have in place. So I think, and again, that's like acknowledging that, that is true and real and then saying, all right, we need to step into this and act against it. Uh, Sometimes I think we think about acting of like the silver bullet of, okay, we got to do this thing that is going to change it all right away. I think I, sometimes I think the first step of action 
is just this awareness of a reality that we may not know ourselves and then this awareness of data and let that drive the next steps of what we do. Now, if we don't get to those next steps of what we do, then I, I think it can be uh, kind of this, this racial voyeurism. Like you got to get there, but you also have to be really this like stop and assess and realize like what's going on and what don't I see right now that I should be seeing. And then, but others arguably people of color, um, uh, whether it's student staff or faculty do see. Yes. Thank you, Joshua. And uh, I, I, I look forward to real coffee times with you in the future. And here's to a future cafecito with uh, you. And uh, we thank you for your insights and uh, that, that we're all on this journey together. And that gives me hope. And it gives me hope in being with you today. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you've been inspired by the many different reflections that we discussed. If you'd like to stay updated on our newest podcast, feel free to send us an email at cdeie at apu.edu and we'll send you the link. On behalf of the Center for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusive Excellence, we hope that we will uh, have you join us for future Cafecito Conversations.